You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Welcome to the Torn and the Goblin, the Mash Those Buttons podcast about Warcraft story and lore. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm Gragthar, Torn Hunter on Skywall US. And I'm Katie, or er, I'm Clanker. <sighs> wow, I botched that. That was the first You're time. You're out of botched. practice here. I am. All right, yeah. we're going to try that again. I am okay, Katie, so- Clanker Goblin, Mr. Shevin, I'm going to bring you in. I mean, we could start all the way over, but it's not working. I was going to say, yeah, I'll be like, you know, I'm Nick, and today our special guest is Katie. That's your name? But- you know what, Nick? <laughs> This is episode I don't even know what anymore. 30, 130 something plus probably yeah. 140. So, you know, for the first time, me actually flipping over my tongue. I've gotten pretty far. You've done a good job. Not doing that. It's one, <laughs> 136 for the record. Okay. I was going to say, we weren't quite at 140 yet. I didn't think so. No. We, we did have your special, your special little episode last week. So. Yeah. Bumped up a number. Yeah, which, yeah, I'm still I'm still playing Hearthstone Mercenaries. I need to stop. I have other stuff to play. Dude, it's so fun though. I actually played it and I got um, uh, Sarge as well. That was it was really fun. I liked it a lot. It's cool. I feel bad because like I go on the Hearthstone subreddit and they're just trashing it. <gasps> what? I'm Why? Like, oh, they don't like the monetization. And then um... Blizzard's been playing around with the mysterious stranger for getting the the tasks. And I'm like, I, I, I'm having fun. I like, why, why is the hate? It's, it's, it's fun. And no, like, and, and, and you know, actually, and the thing is though, like, I even kind of said this last week, like, I don't, like, I don't feel, I don't know why I'm having, like, it's very cut, you know, cut and dry, straightforward. Like, I, there, there's nothing inherently special about this. Like, you know, like, and no, I'm just, it's just, I go in there and I'm just, I'm playing the game and I'm just like, yeah, this is, I need to get the, I need to get everybody up to level 30. And, and I don't know, I, I kind of keep thinking like maybe once I get everybody to 30, I'll, I'll be kind of calm. But like, I don't know, it's just, it's nice sort of mindless. It's not like mindless fun without being too mindless. I don't know. It just hits that sweet spot for me. And I'm like, all right. Cause even then, like when you play like regular Hearthstone, like there's a lot of thinking you got to do. You can't just yeah. like blindly throw cards out and expect to win. So what Katie's like, that's not how it works. Katie, who has almost never won a single Hearthstone match in her entire existence, which probably explains a lot. I'm really, really bad at card games. I love them, but I'm absolutely terrible at them. So that's fun. I don't know. I I feel like I should be better than I am. Ah. That's besides the point. I know. I don't know. I just never have. I feel well, that's not true. I want to say like, I never have the right decks, but like, no, I have enough dust. Like I can make whatever deck I want. So that's not a problem. I just, I don't know. I'm just straight up bad. Like, I love playing, and I'm like, yeah, I got this really good strategy. And then my strategy never pans out. I actually, I'm trying to remember. I know I got from, like, some of my free pulls, like the free free decks and stuff I got, I got some really good legendaries. Like, um, I, I tried to remember which ones they were, but my brother was like, holy cow, how did you get those? I'm like, I just got them in my free decks. And he's like, Ugh. 
you know. I was like, yeah, but I still manage to lose every single game I go into, so you know, that's fun. But no, I actually I love to see them doing more solo player content because that's like the actual like the only times that I can actually play the game successfully that I enjoy. Because I'm like, I love the the strategizing, but I just I can't beat real people. They're just just bad at it. So if anyone ever is like, yeah, Katie, I'm gonna. You know, I need I need to do something to, I don't know, thwart you for whatever reason. I'm like, challenge me to a card game. I'm just playing my guts out right here. Like, challenge me to a card game. I'll be like, ah, I must try, and then I'll lose horribly. So <sighs> Cool. <laughs> Nick's like, whatever, okay. <laughs> I, know, I was trying to think like what could I what could I challenge you to a hard game a card game for? And I'm like, I don't know, I'll charge I'll challenge you to like your fifty percent stake in the torn and the goblin. Like, I don't know, it'll just be the, you know, if I win the card game, it's the torn and the torn then. I mean, as a goblin, I'd be like double or nothing. Then I also get wow dark. Oh, no. We're not gonna do that because I know I'm gonna lose, so we're not doing that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but now you know for the future. Now everyone out there, all however many listeners we have, which is probably too many, know my secret weakness, which is card games. <laughs> that's why. That's why we don't <laughs> podcast about card games. But we, what we do podcast about is Warcraft story and lore. So let's talk about <laughs> Warcraft for a moment. And uh, Katie, how is your quest for the uh, the headless horseman's horse going? So, fun fact, if you don't log into a character since the last, like, Hollow's End, like, if you log out on them before Hollow's End ends, and log into them exactly when the new event starts again, they will still have all of the Hollow's End stuff in their inventory. This works for any holiday. So, my current characters have... The ones I don't play very often, which I know that I don't play often because they have too many tricky treats, have like almost 200 plus tricky treats and I have everything. So I'm just like, look at all these tricky treats. I'm just going to eat them all and make my characters barf on people. So long story short, it's not going well because my spreadsheet is full of red as it is for the last almost decade. I saw it drop once. Not for me. I saw it drop. One time. There you go. You're getting there. No, because normally you, I see it drop three times a year, and I'm running half as many characters as I was last year because I didn't give it up any time. But somebody took a hiatus. Eating the tricky treats and then barfing is kind of how I handle November first. <laughs> that is a good way to cope. Yep. Yeah. Now I I have a disgusting amount of tricky treats and masks. Like most of my characters' inventories are just. But like I think I have like ten brooms, and I have like I basically my inventories on every single character are crammed with just useless Halloween stuff, and I'm like at this point like my Halloween loot boxes have stopped dropping masks because they can't do multiples of the same one, or if they do, it's red and you have to delete it anyway. So yeah, I have all of the masks, all of the wands, like I have way too much. So long story short, before Katie gets too far down that depressing rabbit hole, it's not going well. As of yet, but I still have. Katie has her lovely spreadsheet in the back. Mm-hmm. I think I have four days, five days left. Maybe a little more than that. You got time. You got all mm-hmm. kinds of time. I have four days left. And Katie says if I can sneak it in on the last day, you can technically do a small run before 11 o'clock server time. It's going great, Nick. That's Go the answer. It. 
Go for it. <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get it. In like 2050. <sighs> well, it's, it's still. It's still ha- it'll, it'll happen. It's 2050, the year the it Warcraft counts. servers are going to shut down. I finally get it. Seconds before the server- servers shut down. I'm like, I got it. Yeah. I hope. Uh, well, I hope it's closer to 2050 than 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 now. Like, I mean, <laughs> what I get it or that the WoW shuts down? <laughs> no, oh, I, no, the WoW shuts down. I mean, it would be funny though if they're like it's shutting down on the day before. We're just gonna give everybody all the mounts. I could get the the, the plague for okay. So when I was doing one of my runs. Someone was on the plagued proto drake mount, and for those of you that don't know, there are two incredibly rare proto drakes. There's the black proto drake and the plagued proto drake, and the black one obviously is black, but the plagued one is a white one. And those were both a drop off of, I think it was Naxxramas in Wrath for a very limited amount of time. Um, I think it was like the first patch, and then they took it out after that, or it was either that or it was a pre patch. I'm trying to remember. Um, I didn't play then, so I don't. Well, I didn't play raid content then, so I didn't know. I I was doing a run and I saw someone run up on a plagued proto drake mount and park right in front. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like that's one of the few mounts I don't have." And I was a tank for this run. And I was sitting there ogling this mount, and like someone had pulled the headless horseman, and I'm just sitting there like staring at the proto drake. And they're like, "Um, tank, are you gonna go?" And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, no, we're good, guys. This is fine. Just you know, two mounts that I'll never have. It's fine. Just right heels." So. Yeah, this 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 year's going great, you guys. It's going great. No tears at all. <laughs> you'll 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 get the horse. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But, so let's let's move on to <laughs> something slightly wa- depressing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to what I want to talk about here. What I, what all we right. came here to talk about. Right. Um, let's talk about a loon. Mm. Yes. We have the cinematic in 9.1 where Elun takes over Tyrande's body and talks to the Winter Queen. And then we get the little follow-up where Elun, not Eluna, Tyrande and, and uh, Chandris are talking. And I feel like a lot of people have some anguish. So they're, they're sort of upset by the revelations here. In what way? I'm curious. That well, well, predominantly, especially if you look at, well, I guess one, you have the the revelation that Elune had no idea about what was going on with the souls going to the maw. That Elune thought like, okay, like basically Elune was doing the the world's biggest like let's like like Sylvanas just gave me lemons, let's make lemonade and give right. that lemonade to Ardenweald, and then the jailer just like knocked the lemonade out of her hand. I think that's but the best analogy I've heard in a long time. It kind of is, actually. I'm kind of proud of that. I came up with that on the <laughs> spur of the moment there. But, like, like everybody's like, Elune should have known that. Elune should have known. Like, like how, how, but then again, you look at Bastion. Like, we show up in the Shadowlands. Like, like, like stuff was going to them all for a while. We don't yeah. know how long. This drought's been going on for a while. And everybody's just going about their business like nobody was like nobody was even talking to anybody else. So and these are the people in the Shadowlands affected by the drought. Right. So how if they if they're just acting like everything's hunky dory and you know, we're just gonna keep throwing souls into the into the, the soul river and, and oh, it's going to the mall. Who knew that? If the Kyrian can get away with that, then like Elune, who's not even in the Shadowlands, she's off 
in the I guess the realm of life. Yeah, like the I don't know if it's a pantheon of life, but yeah, like whatever the opposite of the uh, I don't know the the caretakers of death. Like she's in the yeah like the realm of life. Well, I'm and I've talked. I think I talked a little bit about this before, um, but I'm like. I think I talked about this on, on Live, Laugh, Lore when we were on there the other week. But, like, I'm still surprised. Like, like when did Elune change? Elune used to be, like, I thought Elune was, like, representative of the light. Hmm. And, like, they, like, like they like shifted her over. No, no, we were talking about it on here because I actually got out my. Yeah, our, our yeah, chart. Yeah, because I, yeah, I got out the little thing. And I'm like, wait, Elune's not even on there. And I'm, I'm like, was this a Mandela effect thing? That, like, Elune was on there and now she's not. So. Like I don't understand how Elune transitioned to being from light to life, but I like that. That I mean, it makes more sense for her because they've been doing a lot of light life stuff with her. Even then, if you go back to like Valshara, when she was with you know, like when she was taking care of uh, Ysera, right? That you know, like, like yeah, that was not a light thing that she did. Although you kind of kind of interpret it that way, but then like when Ysera dies, like it's all the grass that grows there. It's all life. It's all life magic, so I I feel like they've kind of like shifted Elune's role in the cosmos. I it's interesting because I think from a lore perspective, she's always kind of been a hybrid, right? Because like we've always seen her in respect to the night elves, uh, and they are very much nature dwellers. At least they are now, ten thousand years, you know, uh, before they before they were primarily arcane. Now they're mostly nature magic. Um, which I mean, also what's interesting, right, is like the the trolls that started to worship Elune, which I mean, like, does that mean that they were doing nature magic? Because I, again, also thought because the trolls uh, that started to worship the moon, like it seemed more like a light transformation than a natural, like a nature transformation. Um, but I, I think Elune is an entity that actually kind of skirts the line of both, um, just because like if you think about like Moonfire, right, like. That's such a, a primal example of the magic that a loon can wield that your people can uh, channel through the the usage of a loon. That feels very much like a light spell, like a a burning sort of uh, a spell, if that makes sense. So it, it's weird because when you see the usage of her, it's both nature and it also feels like it has a little bit of the light in there as well. Right. Um, so, well, I've said I you can yeah. think. It- if you if you think of the six forces not as arranged like in a ring around reality, but more like if they're actually more like a sphere, it'd be more like a cube. Yeah. And so you could imagine like the intersection of the plane of light and life yeah. intersecting, and then that like line that's created there, a loon lives on that line. Yeah. So. Exactly, because like the the night elves, like we we think of them being priests, right? We usually ascribe priests to wielding the light and we know that the night elf priests are priests priestesses of a loon right so then yes, like, i think that's, that's one true. of those natural things where we're like ah yes well i assume it's similar to light magic or it is some variation um but yeah it's it's interesting when you think about uh creatures that worship a loon because they're very tied to nature but also seem to have some of those elements of light as well just not as strong so uh, i think Ooh. you're right i think it would be kind of a, a mixture of magics uh, and Solaris okay. said moon magic. And I'm like, I think it's pretty much its own category, kind of like that. It's like moon magic. <laughs> okay, well, here, here's where I want to go off of, uh, kind of go out into the ether and, and leave, you know, get my feet off the ground, kind of. Right. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Leroy Jenkins. So, 
let's consider for a moment a few things. One, we know for a fact, I mean, this is verified in, is, as much as unless you don't think that was actually a loon in Tyrande's body, body talking to the Winter Queen, we know the Winter Queen and the Lunar Sisters. That's established. Yes. Yep. It cannot be denied. No unreliable narrator, no misinformed person like a loon talking to her sister, using the word sister. Now, again, sister doesn't necessarily mean like they, you know, popped out of the same mother, but, you know, especially when you're talking about entities, like what do they pop out of anyway? But they're, <laughs> they're on, you know, they're, they're on this, this similar level. They're, they're familial. They're related mm -hmm. close enough. That's fact. Number two, Ilganoth at one point, or maybe not Elgonoff, it might have been Zalataf during the Elgonoff encounter, I forget which of the two of them, refers to Alun as an upstart goddess. Hmm. So what, okay, so Alun, if Alun is a goddess of light, or life rather, either one, whichever one she is, whatever she's a goddess of, that implies that she did not start that way. Potentially. That she, she, as an upstart goddess, she she somehow acquired her power and her godly abilities you know, through some process, she did. She 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 didn't be you know start off as a loon, or you know, or start off as whatever. Be, now it's possible that she she originally started as a being of light, and then decided like, oh no, I'm going to be a god of life, and maybe that's the upstart nature there. I mean, if Pop her sister is a, a guardian of death, though, that and again, like this, if we think about like how people interact in the world of warcraft sorry i, I didn't mean to interrupt you no 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 go, actually don't go because i mean i okay. I, I, I have a few more numbers to bring into this so okay okay going. well so if you look at a lot of different relationships in world of warcraft uh even solaris it's like blood is thicker than water uh in world of warcraft a lot of there's a big focus on found family in this like especially if you look into the lore like taronda and oh my goodness i just forgot her name she was right there with Tronda in that whole cinematic. Chandris? Chandris, thank you. I'm like, I kept thinking Solaris. I'm like, no, that's wrong. He's wrong person. Um, but yes, Chandris, right? Like, adoptive daughter. Um, if we look at, like, Alexstrasia and y Ysera, again, they're not blood sisters, but they are as close as someone can be without being related by actual blood. Um, I would be willing to believe that the Winter Queen and Elune, if they are not entities that are, like, you know, came from the same source, I would be absolutely able to believe that they're close enough that they are considered sisters in the closest way possible. That doesn't mean that they necessarily derive from the same source. Um, I was going to say what's interesting is, I guess, in this scenario, if, you know, if Alun is an upstart, what does that make the Winter Queen? Did she ascend to this position on her own? Did she like raise a loon up kind of like Taranda would do with her daughter like there's a lot of things we don't know about this scenario so it's interesting that you brought that up because it, it also brings questions around the winter queen and how they both ascended to their uh, respective positions please continue well i want to get into the the winter queen in a moment here i'm trying okay. to think now because uh solaris in the chat mentioned um you know what if upstart just means that she's younger than most gods and then i'm thinking okay well what if we take the nightborn creation myth of a one being sort of like, you know, crying out a tear or, you know, like all the ones that are about the blue child. Right. What if it's like, oh, okay, so what What if like one of them is the other 
or like what if it's actually the winter queen who like made a loon and like somehow that got morphed into the you know the one moon making the blue child kind of thing mm-hmm. but then also i don't think if in all those things though like the, the the one's regarded as a mother and the other is regarded as the child they're not on the same level so they like you would still have the familial bond between the two of them but it would be very different because the winter queen would be the mother and the loon would be the child so. right which very or, or much even, or vice versa and i don't think we have that here no, it, if you look at any of the interactions I have, they fe- feel very much like siblings, I guess. Like uh, when we first see the Winter Queen uh, interact with the Sarah, right? She's like, oh, it's my sister's pet, right? Like, and, it, you know, there's some vitriol there because of the misunderstanding, but it's not, it does not seem like the, the parent interacting with a child relationship, even if they call each other sisters, like this very much feels uh, like two beings that see each other. I guess equally, if that makes sense, but kind of like Ysera and um, Alex Straza, like, I believe Ysera is younger than Alex Straza, and Alex Straza tends to, like, protect Ysera quite heavily, and I kind of feel a little bit of that in the bond between um, uh, Alun and the Winter Queen. Not necessarily that they're protecting each other, but you feel that kind of, like, familiarity, if that makes sense. Well, especially too, I think like when you have a family member who's being derelict, and again, like yes. feeling be- like the Winter Queen feeling betrayed by a loon, she's kind of going to regard her as derelict. Like, okay, like you know, it's like okay, you're my sister, and you're you're doing your own dumb thing that mm-hmm. I don't agree with, and right. you turn your back on me, and now I have to clean up your mess. That's a different thing than like when it's your kid that is off being derelict and doing a dumb thing, and now because one, you, you, you generally you've cleaned up more messes for your kid already just by virtue of you know raising them. And two, it's, you know, like I can think of plenty of instances where, uh, you know, like a, a kid got a pet and then like kind of like just didn't, you know, like, you're, you know, take care of it. And then the parent has is suddenly responsible for it. And you're not you don't have the same level of bitterness because it's more like. Like a resigned, just like angst to it. Right. Like you're just it's it's whereas with the it's like, no, like you're your own person. You should be handling this because you because I think as the parent, you feel some sort of responsibility. Like, well, ultimately, I brought this person in and now they're messing up. This ultimately comes back on my shoulders. Right. But when it's your sibling, it's like, no, that they're their own person. They did their own stuff. And I should not be responsible for for their pet. So, like, it's it, it, it plays a little bit differently. Hmm. And I do, I do want to come back to the uh, Winter Queen, though, after, okay. after I make this point. But num- number three. In preface of the, uh, the, the book that you find in the, uh, the Tower uh, the, Dread- uh, the Unseen Guest, the Tower yes. of the Unseen Guest, yes. in preface, we are told there is somebody who is infiltrating the realm of life, mm-hmm. who is a she? That's all we know. When we don't know when, we don't know when this was. We don't have an actual date on preface. We don't know how long that book has been sitting there. We just know that there's a she infiltrating the realm of life. Number four. Mm-hmm. In Grimoire, we know that the, the, the I can't think of their name, the brokers, the brokers. Mm-hmm. When talking about a loon, they see creatures of her kind can't be trusted. Now, that comes with a giant caveat that it's the broker saying that. So the brokers regarding creatures of that kind don't believe they can be trusted. But what if a loon is the agent sent by 
Denathrius uh, and the jailer to infiltrate the realm of life. And I'm not I'm not saying that she's a dreadlord because that wouldn't <laughs> No, cuz I, I thought about that. I'm like wait, I, I cuz I've gone over this in my head. I'm like wait, Alun's a dreadlord. I'm like no, she can't be a dreadlord. Be, uh, if she's a dreadlord, then that would mean that the Winter Queen is a dreadlord. Doesn't make any sense. Maybe, depending unless, on Unless we're getting well cuz Denathrius would be considered brother to He's he's been called brother by the other part of the pantheon. So if if mm-hmm. it's all the pantheon is all fam- familial, but see now this is what we're getting into. It like the dreadlords are like his kids, kind of. So it's like you wouldn't you don't call your nephew your your brother. So I don't think like Elune could be Winter Queen's niece. No, like they're sisters. We've established yeah. that. We're not changing that. So without saying that she's a dreadlord, because I don't I don't think she is. I think she's her own thing. But what I think, what if she was the agent sent to infiltrate the realm of life and she's done such a good job infiltrating that she's taken it over as an upstart goddess and she, I don't know, maybe, maybe she, she tricked the winter queen into thinking they're sisters and she's not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. This might be a half-baked theory. It is a half-baked theory for sure. But there's a couple things we could run with. First, we could run with that there was an actual loon. But she was replaced by what we'll call her Dreadlord Alune, for lack of a better term. No, um, I don't. I don't want to get into is a she, Dreadlord. She's not actually a Dreadlord. I'm just not, saying. No, she, I don't. I, I'm not. No. Okay, fine. Um, what if Alune is Jaina? Oh my god! Now, if uh, in the next Chronicle book, if we see Jaina reference Dreadlord and then it has comma Alune, then we'll know for sure, right? Then all of our questions will be answered. Um, no, but what's interesting about Alune as far as a character? As we've seen something, we've seen both that she has this very nurturing side, you know, nature, uh, but, you know, with a bit of light. But then she also has this very savage dark side. You know, as we said, like moon magic has a light, the, the moon has a light side and a dark side. Makes sense. But as a creature of light slash nature, which we'll, we'll lean towards more towards the nature, it's interesting that she can have this darker magic because we, that's not typically super prevalent. Like we think of darker nature magic as like nightmare, right? Like the nightmare magic. Um, so to me, it's interesting when they say like, you know, if, if creatures of her kind, which first of all, we don't know what that means in its entirety because it, it could mean there are more heavenly entities like Elune that have kind of this mix of magic. Uh, they're not just like cut and dry. They're not just light or just nature or whatever. Um, I would like to put her in her own category of like moon magic because it's very different from any other kind of magic. I'm not saying it's its own complete category, but she seems like a an entity that can have many different types of natures. Um, it's also interesting because she and the Winter Queen seem to have very similar emotional uh, sets, if that makes sense. Like they can be kind of frosty, they can be kind of standoffish, but they can also be very nurturing. Um, but they can also be very aggressive so that definitely like their parallels for them being related is even stronger when we take that into effect um thinking of her as infiltrating is interesting first because we don't know anything about i'm gonna call it the pantheon of life even though that's probably an incorrect term i just don't have a better no i think i disagree i think you're accurate i I think we're we're being led down that path okay of their saying like there must be a pantheon or at least uh because uh what was what was the guy's name uh alfarim Basically said, like, there must be, you know, like, we're seeing a pantheon of death. Like, there looks like there should be a pantheon of life. Like, 
they're they're setting that up. I'd be surprised at this point with the clues that they're dropping if we don't get a pantheon of life. Right. Well, and there could be pantheons for just about every single major like realm of magic. Well, see, I wonder about that. I wonder about that because we know we know we have the pan- the arcane pantheon. Right. We know we have the pantheon of death now. Yep. We like, pantheon of life makes sense, and I guess. But the thing is, if you look at the arcane, what's the opposite of arcane? It's the fell, the chaos. Right. Which I mean, like Sargeras could be arguably but he, well okay actually no because he came he was part of the pantheon of order and then he mm-hmm. went to chaos right so what if a loon was part of the pantheon of she could be death, death and then went to life, life. Mm-hmm. so that if so that would mean that either order or, or not order uh or so that if we look at light and void because uh the one thing i think i, I saw this on reddit i can't some some redditor said this. I don't remember who who, but they were talking about the fact with the fractals that uh, he mentions how he starts seeing the repeating patterns. And so if you consider that, okay, like we've got this symbiotic relationship between death and life of you know you even got the linked uh, uh, auroraboses of the you know you got the the skeletal snake eating the live snake eating the skeletal snake in like a figure eight kind of thing. And if you assume then that if that's the pattern that we've seen established for life and death, then if you you know you shift the the paradigm and now you're looking at uh, order and, and, and chaos, uh, arcane and fell, then something similar is going to be happening. And so, you know, which, which way does it match? Does it, cause in this case, like I'm saying, like arcane could line up with death in that mm-hmm. you've got, there's your established pantheon. And then they send out somebody who winds up taking over the other side. So if Sargeras is in charge, then that could mean that a came over and who knows what was there before. Maybe there was nobody there before. Maybe, you know, because we don't know, I mean, it's possible that there's a pantheon of fell somewhere out there that's been behind Sargeras, maybe just letting him like you, hey, you go out there, you be the face of everything. We're going to hang out in our little area here and not do anything. So it's possible that like they, they could be there or maybe he, you know, legitimately Sargeras is the pantheon and, you know, the Burning Legion is the, you know, the forces there. And, you know, conversely, Alun's done the same thing. And then we can look at light and void and try to figure out, okay, so which side has the pantheon? I guess that would be the side with the old gods because we know about all of them. We thought Elune was the light representative. All we have on the, the light side is the Naru and the Naru shift sides. So they don't even really count. Uh, I don't know. Naru are typically aligned with the light for the most typically, part. But they, but they can be corrupted. So, right. I mean. Well, see, that's another thing, too, that like the Naru always felt very closely associated with Elune. And even talking about Elune and the moon having different phases and Elune having like her dark mm-hmm. side. That it always felt like the Naru made sense to go with her. I mean, one of the reasons I argued that the Winter Queen and Elune were sisters is because the the Night Fae look like Naru. Yeah, the Naru, right? Right. And well, what if that doesn't make sense as much sense if Elune is firmly planted in the life camp? What if, what if she wasn't from death, but she was from light and went to life? Because we don't know where she came from. We don't. I mean, it would make sense for her to go either from death to life, or you know. Uh, the other reverse is true where the Winter Queen might have gone from life to death. Because if we think about her realm as well, that one is strongly associated with life in the afterlife. Uh, right. And so them, like, it's almost weird because in a way, Elune almost feels a little redundant if we call her just life. Because uh, I'm, I'm thinking of like uh, Eonar, right? Like we, we have a lot of representatives of life already. Uh, but, but like, you know, we have a very strong representative of life in the afterlife. So I would almost argue that it might make more sense for instead of Loon, a, a Loon going to the life pantheon, it might have, or yeah, 
it might have made more sense for the Winter Queen to bow out of the life pantheon and go to the realm of death and Elune to step up into her place. So that might have been the upstart, like the, you know, this this young hotshot thinks she knows what she's doing just because she's the sister, you know, this big, big powerful um, person who's gone to go put some order into the realms of death. Um, so that's another possible scenario that I'm thinking of as well. But uh, yeah, I don't think we could draw any more like conclusions that they're most definitely sisters when we think about all of the things they have in common, which is just a massive amount. They kind of feel like a mirror where they like reflect each other, but they're different, if that makes sense. Like there's a light and a dark side. The dark side is death. The light side is life, like living right. life. So, uh, well, here's one of the things that gets me tripped up. Mm -hmm. We have the eternal ones. Yes. And it's possible Elune may have been an eternal one. She's at least a sister to the eternal one. So mm -hmm. maybe she's an eternal one. What does eternal mean? Because, right. <laughs> because it, it's too easy to think like, oh, like eternal just means like immortal. Like I'll just living forever. There's a lot of those but, though. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like immortality is not the same. Like immortality just means that you, you'll, you know, you'll live forever. It doesn't mean that you have existed forever because that's what it, it, eternal means. Eternal right. means that wherever you go on the timeline, there you are. Right. And we know that death is outside of the, it's not of a concept. Death is of time. outside of construct of time. Right. So they but, have existed forever. Right, but, okay. So, but let, okay, let's look at uh, Kerestria for a moment. Mm -hmm. The, the Archon, the firstborn, how can you be born and be eternal? I mean, everything has to start, supposedly. But that's, that's the thing about the eternal ones is that they don't start. They've just always been. At least that's what it means. Like, so, the, like, is is it a misnomer? So that's also one of those things where I'd have to say they've existed as far as anyone can recall, right? So, like, they're eternal insofar as any of the narratives can say that they've been around forever because they've been around longer than anyone except for their fellow eternal ones. Like it's possible they had a start point. It's possible. They just popped into existence. It's possible. They've always existed, which is one of those things we'd have to give Norse Dormo a few beers and see if he'd actually answer these questions for us. But it, I think when they call them the eternal ones, that's usually a, a name given by people that are not the eternal ones. They're not even Im immortal ones, ones that have existed for a long time, but they're like, these guys have existed for as long as anybody knows. Therefore, they are eternal because they have always been as far as the record goes. So that would be my interpretation of them being eternal. Now, it's possibly very wrong. <laughs> no, but it kind of it kind of makes me think a little bit of like uh, The Endless from Sandman, hmm. where they're like they're embodiments of concepts and like they have a specific order that they came into being but like they came into being like very early in like you know like you know the in the age of the cosmos such that they've effectively always been there and right. because they embody concepts regardless of whether they stop doing their job they can't really stop doing their job because the concepts will exist beyond them and also that should one of them die they're just automatically replaced that they mm. well no, i mean there's a procedure or if you right, right, right. read the book, but you know that 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 there that there's always there's always a you know a death. There's always a dream. It doesn't matter what you know. It kind of doesn't matter what's going on around that. And so is that kind of what we're seeing with the eternal ones? Like maybe the Winter Queen herself, whatever her name is. It is. Did we ever find out the Winter Queen's name? I feel like maybe we did, but I don't know. But regardless, I, 
don't. You know, like, or even for like the Primus, for example, like, you know, if we find out like he, you know, something should, ha- something should happen to him beyond getting tra- trapped and kept alive. But like, if, you know, if, like, if they should be killed, like some other embodiment will come up because even then we don't kill Denathrius. Right. That I mean, you, you would think like Renathal is poised to take over for him. Mm-hmm. And he kind of does from a functional standpoint. But he's not like, but Denathrius, you know, he's, you know, I am Revendreth. Like, yes. Renathal is not Revendreth. Renathal is not at that level. And, and, but maybe he could be. It's all more, more kind of like the aspects where yeah. when, uh, you know, they, they go about having to replace Malagos. Right. And that they need these, you know, they, they never quite replace Deathwing, but then again, Deathwing is not really dead until he's dead. Right. Well, that, Rathion is the closest replacement we have because he's one of the few yeah. living ones left. Well, there was a while where it looked like Thrall was going to become an aspect. Well, Katie looks like, at that part of the, the lore. She's like, yeah, he was like a substitute aspect. At best. <laughs> Be nice. Well, he's, 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 a, he's a very gifted shaman. Don't get me wrong. He, I mean, he has, he's very skilled at what he does, but he's, he's playing in the realm of dragons. I know, but I'm like, he also wielded the, uh, the dragon soul without- Only because care- the other dragons literally couldn't. I, well, it's I like, know, but that's, that's my like point. It's like saying, like, oh, oh, you know, Jimmy Olsen, he's just as cool as Superman because he wielded kryptonite. Okay, I don't think that's fair, first of all. <laughs> You're not horribly wrong, but... Okay, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about a loon. We'll come... Maybe come back to this. We'll come back to this. So anyway, my point is a loon is Superman. <laughs> uh, what a cover. Like, what a, what a title that is. A loon is Superman. Um, hmm. I don't know. I guess. Shoot, I had a thought and now it left. Thanks for that. Now all I'm thinking about yeah. is, is Thrall. Oh, I'm thinking about is Three Doors Down. Gosh dang it. I know. Not, now I'm thinking about Three Doors Down and Thrall. I want to do a cover. Definitely. No, but. So I, I, I don't. I, I, so my point overall here is that maybe. I don't know. Like we need to know more about a loon. We we, we need yes. to know more about a loon. We need to know more about the Pantheon of Light. Again, I you know, I was really hoping we'd get some of this in in the Grimoire book. We didn't. That's fine. I'm not. I don't know. I hope I wasn't too harsh the other week when talking about it. Like it's I it's mean, a good book. It's a good book. We were a little harsh. I mean, I think the problem, like as we said in the last episode, that we beat to death. But we we expected it to be more like a chronicle, and it wasn't. Right. It was very general, which you know. Go listen to that episode if you want to hear all my thoughts on it again. I don't want to repeat yeah. them right now. No, we're um, not, no, we don't need to go down, down that road. <laughs> but um, what I think I think is interesting is like all of the sources we've had on a loon up until now have been unreliable at best for the most part. Like uh, until the Winter Queen, right? Because we have a lot of we have a lot of it told through Taranda, which she's fairly reliable. I'd argue probably the most reliable. But then we have a lot of night elf legends and night elf lore and then even if we take some of the, like the early troll lore like that kind of stuff like we have some inferences to her but not nothing stable enough that we can actually start to draw more conclusions without as you said with more evidence um with the additive of the winter queen we're starting to have a better picture but i think there's still a lot of holes um and trying to understand I don't know. For some reason, I want to think that Elune is the younger of the two sisters. I don't know why I feel that way, but it just, like, her interactions with the Winter Queen make her feel like a younger sibling. Well, that, again, that could be because she's 
maybe she's not eternal. And so yeah. therefore. Maybe she's a, a, an adopted sister like Ysera and Alexstrasza. That's that's possible. Like that that wouldn't surprise me. Or like if she was, a, I don't think she's necessarily a Titan. Although that was a theory at one point, I think, is that Alun was a Titan as well. Because because uh, for the, uh, the, 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 the four Titan relics mm-hmm. that we were supposed to be getting in Legion. We had three that were actually from Titans, and then one was Alun's tier. And we're like, well, wait, right. why would Alun's tier be with the, the, the you know, there are four. Actually, it should be four. There were five of them total. Four of them were from Titans. It would be interesting if she was what would be considered a lesser Titan. Because I don't know if we've ever considered, like, can all celestial bodies have Titans in them? Like, I think we've proposed this in one of our podcasts at one point, but what if she did come out of a moon and she's considered a lesser Titan? Because it's still... Technically, or, you know, like the the moon on of Azeroth, you know, well, if it was created the same way that our moon was. Well, uh, the planets formed around the souls. Like the souls were just kind of floating right. through space and then they kind of collected the planets. So, yeah, what if she collected, she just didn't collect enough rocks to become a planet. She just became a moon and then maybe. They, well, that's the other thing, too, is that if you have two souls in close proximity. Like, I guess they could become like a binary system or like one's going to get most of the rocks and then the other one's going to get less of the rocks. And so one inherently becomes a moon or the other. What? Yeah, I don't see I don't see any reason why a moon couldn't be, uh, you know, how is a Titan soul? I mean, the other thought, like I was I guess I was trying to say is that we know that Azeroth is a Titan. And if we think of Elune as the moon of Azeroth, if it was created the same way our moon was, where a giant chunk of rock smashed into Azeroth and came off into this small planet. What if it's like a, a small soul, like a piece of Azeroth almost that became its own entity? Like it's a, a basically like a mini Titan. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a sibling of Azeroth. And so it's this smaller moon Titan. I don't know. <laughs> also, uh, Solaris said the moon of Endor. I'm like, that's no moon. It's actually just a Titan baby. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that, I guess that's kind of food for thought as well. Although, like, what does that make the Winter Queen? Like, again, if it's possible that this was a small or, I mean, we've, all the Titans we've seen have been adults. So what if she is, or she was like a child, like she was a, a, a very small, very underdeveloped Titan or piece of Titan, uh, that would also be an interesting, um, I don't know. Interesting food for thought because then if someone like the Winter Queen took her under her wing and raised her as her sister, like, you know, we're I'm just like totally snowballing out here, but understanding her creation story and why she's so closely linked with the moon, I think is important to understanding who she is. I think it'll play a a, a big part in her as her character as we find out more and if we finally ever get those answers cuz you know, we've only wanted to know for what like 15 no more than 15 years because the loon was in warcraft 3 i should throw out there i guess a number five that we know that other planets have worshipped a loon right we know that there have been other races out there among the cosmos that are aware of her and have invoked her power and so to, for a loon to be inside our moon Probably is interesting but then she says when she's talking to the winter queen she refers to the night elves as her favorite children. Right. Yes. And she does that often throughout the Yes. Day. And so it could make sense that maybe she's just like 
a moon like just floating around through you know like without necessarily having a planet you know she's just like a moon-sized you know kind of, i guess kind of like the death star literally like the death star as much as it's a moon it still could travel around as a giant orb and so yeah so she's doing the same thing she's just traveling around as a giant like moon you know disembodied from any you know planetary system and then she's like oh hey here's my here's these my favorite night elves i'm gonna hang out with them so i'm gonna start my i, got, I gotta let my moon start orbiting their planet so part of me wants to think there's a reason they're her favorite and she's very very closely linked to the night elves and actually solaris brings up an interesting point in the chant he says what if like the moon is her eye right like maybe I could definitely see something like that or like being she's able to see through the moon, right? Because we know as far as we understand, she she's symbolically tied to the moon. And I think that's across different lores. It's not just the night elves. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of her origin stories somehow came from one of the moons of Azeroth. Like that wouldn't surprise me because then that would make sense why these were her favorite children, because Azeroth would be like her home planet or her her home I don't know, uh, whatever she like guides and presides over first uh, could be Azeroth. That would make sense. Um, we know that she's been there for a very long time because she helped the trolls evolve into Night Elf. So she's been there basically since at least part of the beginning. Um, we don't know if she was around during any of like the Black Temple or um, Black Empire. Excuse me. I, I don't think any of... Um, I don't think any of the... there's. I don't think there's any references for any of that like when they talk about... Uh, the elemental lords or anything uh, to of that nature, and when they talk about the the Titans finding Azeroth, they make no mention of a loon. Uh, so that's an interesting point to consider as well. So we don't we don't know if she already existed, but perhaps not. Like perhaps either she wasn't fully formed, or uh, maybe she is has nothing to do with the moon. Maybe that's well, just how she channels her power. Or or you know she existed, but again, like she's off hanging out at other planets, you know, mm-hmm. dealing with, uh, uh, what's his face? Like Teradax or whatever that guy's name is. The, 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 the first night warrior, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, maybe, yeah, like she doesn't actually show up to Azeroth and Azeroth doesn't get its moon until much later. And it's not something that anybody would really know to be like, Oh, Hey, like Azeroth didn't have a moon until such and such year. Right. Because who's around to track it? The Akir aren't going to be paying attention. We're not going to be looking through like Akir notes back from the, the, you know, like, uh, you know, astral charts to be like, hey, how come there's no moon? Like, you know, how come these the bug people didn't see a moon back uh, during the Black Empire? Although it is interesting to note that it's not talked about any time, as far as I can recall. And then, of course, this is one of those where I'd go back through old pictures and try and see if there's a moon like in any of the Black Empire pictures, which, again, could be completely inaccurate because we have no idea. Go ahead. When Zalataf calls her an upstart goddess it could be because she came to azeroth late ah. that they're like like i mean effectively you've got the old gods all hanging out there vying for supremacy and then a loon shows up and she's like hey i'm gonna bring the light and everything's gonna be super cool and let's start raising up some of these creatures and let's turn these trolls into night elves and, and do some awesome stuff and then the old gods are like you you upstart what are you doing coming in here and taking over our stuff ah, i could see that she was like a one of the first bastions of defense in in a way, or you know, again, we've talked about her having a dark side, which we've definitely seen through Tyrande. It doesn't feel like void magic, 
But if you look at some of the magic that people of the Void wield, looking at Taronda's state and looking at like some of the Void Elf forms, there is some similarity there, which is interesting. I'm not saying that they're necessarily related. It might just be an artistic thing. Um, but that's still interesting. Like Taronda has that very like bright glowing, but also the dark countenance, kind of like the stars, right? Um, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like if you remember the um, the the astral, oh, I always forget his name. The 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 astral mage. Um, why do in, I uh, in, in, in in the the nightborn race? Yes, nighthold, yeah, nighthold, nighthold. Um, yes, uh, yes. Like he, did, I think he had a similar form as well. But like again, astral, astral magic, well, which is different than arcane magic, which is like like is moon magic. I think I don't. Oh man, untangling these things. <laughs> when Sargeras finds the void planet. Yes. And he cleaves it. We're under the impression that he killed the the nascent Titan inside. What if he didn't? And what if that Titan you know, he, he you know, not completely cleansed. He right, but if cleaved he it with light magic, and it was a void planet, and so it interesting. And then now it's free to roam around as half a planet to well, reform as a smaller entity. And then when the Titans are taken out of the picture, it has no superior, so it shows up, and it's like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm your god. Well. The interesting thing about that it was we've seen opposing magics come together to create something like um oh not not Kalia uh, no Kalia Kalia Benethil like she's yeah. the perfect example where they used undead magic and light magic and I still have very strong feelings about her Mary Sue existence of the plot but we're not going to talk about it because then I won't stop but like we've seen opposing magic work together to create a new entity so this is highly possible if you think about it um. It would be. Let's, go ahead. Oh no! I just want to say, like, that's one of the points of like, is that like when you get opposing forces, you, like, you get weird results. I mean, Fell was created from the opposition of light and shadow. Yep. Like, a lot of weird things happen when you start mixing magics together, and that is to say that we don't even fully comprehend all of the magics that are out there. Like, we've seen a lot of strange variants that appear to be one-offs but you know that gives them a lot of room to wiggle in the plot where they're like ah yes like again we have arcane magic um but we also have this like interstellar magic that the that the mage had and like i don't to my knowledge we haven't had that kind of magic that explicit before like this planetary magic um <laughs> sorry i always i love that guy because he's so weird um but it gives us a lot of room to kind of play with a lot of these different theories. I'm just, I'm really excited because it's interesting. Like if we fuse light and void, does life come out of that? Because it's life. If you think about life and death, they're kind of similar to light and void, right? They're obviously on the, the cosmic chart. They're their own entities. But if you think of Elune being an entity of life that also has the ability to wield some shadow, her being life actually makes a lot of sense coming from a fusion of light and shadow. And also, it's like the moon. There's a light side and a dark side. Well, what I wonder, because uh, before you fight the astral 
Mancer, you fight the, I think we mentioned this before, there's like the, uh, the high arcanist or the high botanist. Rather. Yes, yes. And he's. And he specifically mentions uh, as far as his life magic goes, that it takes the, the nature magic, it takes light and mm-hmm. it takes arcane. Like he has the three of them yeah. together. And so again, if you go back to thinking of the six, you know, the six forces surrounding reality, not as a, a ring, but as like a, a, a cube, basically mm-hmm. where each one has a side, there is one corner of that cube that is going to be the intersection of the planes of nature of light and of arcane that is sort of life and then the other the other side being the opposite is uh fell and void and uh death death, thank you and that would be you know sort of i guess like death death Um, as much as death is a plane there but you have that side there but then like what do you do with the intersection on that cube, because I mean, you you know, if you think imagine imagine like a, a you know, if you take a cube and you turn it on its side, so you get like two points up and down. You've got four points around the center mm-hmm. where the other three sides are intersecting, and what like what do you do with that? Because then you're gonna have like uh you know like fell and um I'm trying to imagine this three dimensional thing in my head, but but you have like fell and light and uh, what's the other one? Then fellite and life, or fellite and nature. Like the three of them should have a corner that intersects, right? I think so. So, like, how does that work? Like, what what are you? What kind of being are you getting out of that? It's not living, is it? Well, it's something else. I'm not or is, sure. Is that is that where you get something crazy like a dreadlord? Right. Like, <laughs> there's there's just so many different i don't know possibilities because I, I and again this is why it makes me excited that they publish this chart because like, it gives us a lot of room to play and have theories and it also gives them a lot of room to embellish on it and create things that we've never seen before um uh spaz and i were going back in the chat i actually thought about this he was talking about disc priests right being the fusion between light and shadow or balancing it and i also thought of balanced druids right which the the balanced druids are a mixture of both Moon magic and sun magic. So uh, whatever life slash whatever else the moon is, but it's also the light, which is Anche. So I guess my point was that more clearly dis- like distinguishes that a loon is not just an entity of light because in a balanced druid, you have both the moon, which we associate with a loon, which is life, and we have the light power itself, which is you know, like the, the torn entity, Anche, right? The, the, the light gods. Um, so I guess it was one of those things where it's like that further supports the fact that she's not a pure entity of light. Like, I think we assume Anshe is a pure entity of light, but it could be that Alun is more of a mixture of different types of entity, especially if you look at the the toolkits uh, that druid balanced druids use. They use a lot of different types of uh, moon magic that feel similar to light magic, but are in fact different. That, that was what my little spiel was. I just played by balanced druid recently, so I got all excited thinking about that. We've generally accepted that Anshe is the Toran name for Elune. Is it? I thought that that was the, uh, I thought Anshe was the sun. Wait. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You're so right. I was going to say the, um, oh, what was the one for the, the, the moon we talked about? Because then the moon has the, the little child. Musha. Musha. Yeah. And then the, yes. the, um, what was Musha's child? The, the little moon that we talked about. Um. Because it was the first time that they had named the the younger yes, moon the first as a time child. Named, I, mean, I, should, I should remember this. Yes, <laughs> I know. I, I had it on a sticky note somewhere, and it fell off my computer. Um, but what's interesting to me is that 
we throughout the lore, right? It seems very consistent that there is a moon, and the moon is usually so assigned to Elune, and that there's a child entity, and that may or may not be a child of Elune, but we're not sure. Like as far as we know, Elune doesn't necessarily have a child, but it's very prevalent in the lore that there is a big moon and there is a little loon. <laughs> I almost said a little loon, a little moon, and I. I, I I wouldn't actually be surprised if like the Winter Queen used to be an entity that was assigned to the moon, and then the little moon, a loon, rose to take her place, and then the Winter Queen perhaps went to the Pantheon of Death. I have no idea. It's just it's interesting that they're both there. Um <laughs> Musha Jr. <laughs> Sorry, thank you, well, Slayers. In the beginning. Mm-hmm. The, oh. If you look at Chronicle, in the beginning, all there was was light. Yes. And so by that logic, whatever being, whatever entity represents the light should have been first. And then from that being, if that being spawned the other, you know, the eternal ones and the Titans and all that stuff, then I suppose the first one born would be Kerestria, the firstborn. So out of the light, you get Kerestria as the first one born, but that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean anything because technically you had the light and the void form the fell. So I think as all this is happening, and and it's hard to tell like how much of this is, like how much of this is conceptual or like or mythical, and how much of this is like actual like pseudo Azerothian science. Like I mean, as much as that can exist, but if you if if you if you consider that like there must be a progenitor of everything, and we know that the light everything comes out of the light. It start we start off with the light. Light starts to eddy, and that's when you get the shadow, and then the shadow makes the fell. Then, conversely, there there must be something in the light that sort of spawned everything else. And so, whatever Anshe is, if it's not a loon, whatever re- represents the light, that's the big progenitor of everything. That's daddy or mommy. I don't know <laughs> what gender it is. It, it's... You know, it, it it's whatever created everything else. I think maybe that's what we need to be looking towards. Although the other possibility is that there is a being, Anshe is like a, a being similar to Elune for the light. Like it's not necessarily the progenitor of everything. It could be just in the pantheon of light uh, as a, a lesser being as well. That's just another thought. Because like we haven't, as far as we know, because like Elune is one that we've seen a lot, right? Like, she she is very clearly denoted across many different religions. Um, and we know her commonly as a loon, but she's known, again, like, as with different names. Anshe, I think, is known in one or two other religions. I can't remember any off the top of my head, but I think there are one or two that denote the sun as a different entity as well. Uh, the Torin are the ones that come to mind first because of their, their paladins and they worship the, the sun itself as a, a holy body in the sky. Um, it'd be interesting to find out if there is, like, a loon in the Pantheon of Light, there's a, basically, like, a younger, lesser entity that's similar to a loon. Um, that, that well, was if you, <laughs> Well, if you go back and you think about that creation story mm-hmm. from Chronicle, that... It was everything was light, and then sort of the shadow came from that, and then you you, you had the fell. Like, are what are what are stars? Like they're know. like 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 is the sun? Is that 
just a big ball of gas and and you know hydrogen that's just burning you know 93 million miles away from Azeroth, or is that some sort of remnant of the time when all of all of everything was just light right and if so could that be if the tight if the planets have titans do the stars have titans or, or maybe not titans but is that where the light beings live or maybe stars themselves are artifacts of light like as much as that's like a no duh katie of course they give off light but i'm like no what if they actually are just concentrated light magic yeah like you're saying and that would make sense then because if elune again going with the moon thing the moon actually gains light from the sun to a much lesser degree but if elune is a life god that is also associated high like heavily with the moon the moon does take a small amount of light from the sun and can reflect that, right? So that in a way that would support the theory that she could, she has a, a limited amount of light type magic that she can use. Um, that would be interesting because then like, is all the, the void in space void? Like, is it is it all darkness? Like, it brings about a lot of different questions. And that, now I'm like going to this like Minecraft level where I'm like, oh, you, I don't know how many of you have played Minecraft, but the idea is if you have a light source or a torch, um, within a handful of blocks, like enemies cannot spawn within that light source. And you can go do your own research on how many, I'm not going to spend time on that. But my thought was if there's these, if, if we go with a the running theory that uh, suns or these entities of light are actually fragments of light magic or pure light, if you want to go that far, uh, maybe void cannot exist super close to them. Although that would disrupt the idea that you know we had the whole black empire on azeroth that sort of thing but maybe if they can take root in a planet that is close to the light but they can still like feed off the life force on that planet the light will not like purge them so to speak i mean because if you think about all of the old gods they're buried underground they're not sitting on right. the surface for the most part minus the black empire um, right. but anyway that was my my crazy snowball thought well even then i mean let's take an, like take another look when Ysera dies, she literally becomes a constellation. Yes. Then Elune just puts her into the sky. Just right up there. And so, like, did, were like, you know, like 15 stars in a dragon pattern just suddenly blinked into existence throughout the cosmos such that from Azeroth, hey, that's a constellation. And from somewhere else, it's just some weird pattern. Or was that something that was only kind of like in the sky just to, like, the Azeroth skybox, for lack of a better term. So that's what's interesting, because I, I don't want to weave too many random, uh, I guess, story ideas in here. But um, I've been playing a lot of Genshin Impact lately, uh, and I promise this, this has a point. Um, in the plot, in, there was a, an event that went by where one of the characters, one of the bad guy characters, for lack of a better word, um, uh, basically told us that the sky is a lie. Like, it's not... It's not an actual sky like we think of it. So then the whole fan base, of course, is going nuts. So like, oh, is it just like, are we just like in this bubble of existence? Uh, as far as Azeroth goes, maybe. Like maybe our the sky that we see partially is a plane of existence. Um, we also know that like what we can actually see out in space must exist in some fashion, though. Because like when Illidan pulled Argus like into our, our skybox, again, for lack of a better word, I think, you know, he like ripped a portal in yeah. our well, sky the, to see it like he didn't actually bring the, it to us i don't think it was like a the exodar the exodar came from from draenor 
through space. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, we. this is one of those where it's like, if you think too hard about it, then it start to have headaches and you're like, I need more margaritas to attempt to contemplate how all of this could work. Um, but I think it is think, possible. Go ahead. Well, I'm, just, I'm just thinking like, what? then again, like the way reality is set up that it's the like the central the center of like everything around it like if you go far enough into space are you going to wind up in the realm of death or in the realm of shadow like you just kind of have to figure out which direction you're going i mean it's it's, it's, it's i suppose it's all supposed to be sort of abstract in that regard but I mean, is there a direction where you can point and be like oh no that way that way's light i don't think so cuz like i still remember when they talked about the universe, right? Because there is a center of the universe, and then, like, there are multiple dimensions and pockets, as far as we understand, going outwards. But, like, if you're farther away from the center, time moves slower. I, I don't know if they've changed this. I wouldn't be surprised because it, it, it makes sense in a, in a so far as, like, why new Draenor and our Draenor how to say, they age at different rates, right? Because the, the new Draenor is supposed to be farther out in the universe. But, yeah. like, if we think about it that way, I almost wonder if, like, the universe on that cosmic scale is its own, like, like they're almost all of the pieces are, like, pocket dimensions. Like, I don't know that death is, like, just, like, way out on the, the fringes of the universe. It's possible. I don't know. But since it's not affected by time, I would think that it'd have to be outside of the construct of, like, everything we think of so like Azeroth and like all of the entities that are moved by time are in their own bubble and then like perhaps light and death and life and I mean it's kind of weird that like life and death are outside of that because those are two things that are very much affected by time in a mortal sense but what anyway. if what if like the further you get away from like the center of reality the slower time gets until you get to the what should be the border of these other hmm, planes possible. of existence and at that point, time goes to zero, so you can never get beyond that point because you are just frozen in time to never actually make it the next inch into that realm. I mean, hypothetically, like there has to be a border or so of some kind, or so, not in a, necessarily a physical well, border, but like if you're between, a, yeah. a living creature, I mean, it's, it's, it's like how how did the sky break over Ice Crown? Because they're like right? we've flown through the sky over you flown we, we could fly over Ice Crown before, and like now. Like this, that that Scott, that was space. We were looking into, like you know. So, like, what does that even mean? So, yep, yeah, skyboxes. They're really cool, but they're very confusing. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Genshin Impact slash Tavat uh, explanation of part of what we see is real, and potentially part of what we see is not real. Like could be a construct. I mean, the other thing we don't know is I don't know that we've been on any other Titan planets. Right? Like, ones that have a nascent titan, as far as I know. I don't think so, anyway. Um, we, Argus. Uh, Argus, but Argus is, was Argus birthed. was a little more than nascent, yeah. Yeah, like, he, he was already physical. Like, I'm talking about, like, a, a sleeping titan, because that's also something that'd be interesting, is can a sleeping titan create an atmosphere on their planet? Like, uh, not just, like, oxygen, but can they also create, like, an atmosphere box, in, in so to speak? I we're really stretching it here because I think some of this is definitely gameplay and not lore, but it begs the question, like, what can they do? So, I don't know. It would be, it is kind of odd to think that, you know, Elune just created a bunch of stars in the middle of nowhere and probably just, like, exploded a few planets that were, you know, just happily existing in the middle of nowhere and just suddenly a sun popped up. 
if the the Burning Legion is to be believed, I don't really think there's too many happily existing planets out there at this point. Probably they seem like not. they've done a pretty good job of combing the universe. So, yeah. But who knows? Maybe that's that. That's the next thing we'll find in the Shadowlands. Is, oh, hey, we 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 were all just sitting there that a star shoot showed up and it it burned us all. Oops. I mean, if they if she did that, then she probably maybe she's like, you know, the um. Kill counter isn't high enough. You know, my uh, my sister is uh, needing some souls. I'll yeah. just boop. Well, no, and, and then Aluna's like, oh, these were my other favorite children. I was sending them the Arden Wheel, too. Oh, that hurts so bad. It does explain right. a little bit, but it's still, I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah, I sent my favorite children to die. I'm like, that still feels pretty, pretty grave. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, she was doing the best with what she could. She probably could have done a little better not murdering most of the population of her favorite children. I would say she could have. Well, if, I don't know. See, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that another another time because I don't want to go for like another half hour. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so let's let's go ahead and wrap up here. This has been the tour to the Goblin number one thirty six. Thank you to Jarrett for producing and thank you to Kurabara for editing. Thank you everybody in the chat room. We had Solaris Wesson being very active in there. Uh, we also had uh, Go With Him and Shanula. So thank you all for hanging out in the chat room there. And thank you everybody at home for downloading and listening. We are at Torn Goblin on Twitter. Also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Also on YouTube at YouTube.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Katie, where can people find you? As always, you can find me at HyroleMaster77 on Twitter. Come uh, talk to me about all your weird loon theories. I would love to hear them. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mesh Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk. Talking about Warcraft Story. Oh, no, we do Warcraft Story Lore here. Uh, <laughs> we, t- we do news and guild management over there. And we take uh, quizzes on the patches. So go check that out. And also on Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast where we talk about Mass Effect 2. Uh, this week should be, we are talking about Ilium. So go check that out. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. Let us know what you think about Elune. Is she a Dreadlord? Is she Superman? Is she... Um, <laughs> Jaina. <laughs> is she is she Jaina? Yes. Uh, let us know at torngoblin at mash.gg. And if you enjoyed this episode, would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. Visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to Patreon-exclusive content. Also, for those in the chat room, please consider a Twitch subscription if you can. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtv.gg support. And stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. Our next episode is scheduled to record live at twitch.tv slash buttons on November 10th. 10 30 p.m eastern but check twitter for any updates we've been very erratic in our schedule so please check twitter to see if we'll record for katie i'm nick ancestors watch over you (laughs) time is the mysteries of the universe friends time is not a construct of death friends (laughs) what if death is a construct of death
Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 